podcast in the world. From WWE to DNA Impact. By way of the NWA. It's time for Reffin' It Up. With legendary referee Brian Hepner And guest host, Mr. Reffin' Rant himself, Jimmy Corderas. An all new episode starts in... This, this is Reffin' It Up. Welcome back to Reffing It Up. I am RJ. I am joined by one of the greatest of all time to ever put the stripes on, Mr. Brian Hebner. Brian, what's up, man? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I got some breaking news here to start off the podcast here. Um, some good, some bad, and some indifferent. Um, first of all, I want to say that I hope Jimmy has a good... Uh, time away from being on the show he has some things he wanted to do personally and uh, that's basically i know what you know and i have no idea i just know he's not here um so we're gonna dearly miss him he uh does a great job each and every week so we will miss jimmy corderas uh but in the meanwhile i would like to introduce someone who's going to fill in for his spot for almost i think four weeks i think it's going to be about the the length of time um he is my protege he is uh one of my great friends and one of my uh, guys, I took under my wing, and that is Mr. Daniel Spencer. So I want to welcome Daniel Spencer as the third man in the booth. Daniel hey, Spencer, you- good, doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited about this. Um, appreciate it. For a minute there, when RJ said one of the greatest ever put on the stripes, I was like, hold on now, I'm not that level yet. But then I realized he was talking about you. So, um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That should never. That should have never entered your fucking mind. Right, exactly. Okay, take Daniel off the graphics. Check. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, had to, I do have to get Brian to pop eventually, right away. So I had to go with that. I mean, other than that, it was give me a break, right? That was the other thing. Well, yeah, but see, what you don't understand though, too, uh, uh, Daniel, is every every show that Brian always shows off the gun to try to pop Jimmy every time. And you know how, you know, stone faced Jimmy is he's when he's right. got his mind set on something he's boom. I'm like, all right, well, what, it's good to see it going the other way now. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's got this, Jimmy's got this stone cold face and is so focused on what he's talking about. And it's so funny. And I'll just put my arm in the camera and just give him a big flex. Now he'll put it over like this, like <clears throat> just shake his head and keep on yeah. going. Like, and right, then RJ's, popping, yeah. RJ's laughing and shit, but uh, but anyway, before we get going, um, first of all, this could be a fun episode. After I tell you the news, you'll probably think it won't be, but I'm telling you right now, it will be. Um, Jesse Goddard is not going to be on the show as we had advertised all week long. Uh, this is totally my fault. There was a travel issue that I was not aware of. Uh, I was m- kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, just a misunderstanding. That's all just a misunderstanding. And it is totally me. So he would not be on the show this week. We are not even going to talk about his uh, career and things of that nature. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to have a fun tele- telecast here and we're going to just do some different things that we don't normally do. So it'll be still be fun. And we're going to talk all wrestling. Uh, we just won't have uh, Jesse on this week, but we will promise you, we will promise you he will be back on the show. And it's going to be fun because I can't actually wait to do it because he's a dear friend of mine as well that I got to work with for at least four years. It might be more. But anyway, we'll dive into that, uh, that big brother guy. Uh, but anyway, uh, so he would not be on the show tonight. 
So well, with that being said, we're gonna. I can understand our- it. I can understand his travel issue. I mean, he was just on Big Brother this week again, so I can I get it. I mean, I work with Jesse right now at OVW, so I get the travel issue. He's he's a traveling man. Yeah, I mean, it was just a misunderstanding of dates and that thing. And, and, and listen, that shit kind of happens, man. When you're in this business, yeah. you know how it goes, Daniel. Uh, nothing's ever set in concrete except the days that you're supposedly home. <laughs> yeah. The card's subject to change, <laughs> man. That's what it is. Yes, sir. So with that being said, guys, let's go up to our first count and get this shit rolling. This is your one count. Coming up this weekend uh, is Victory Road. In White Plains, New York, uh, show for Impact. Daniel will clearly be there. I'll be there in the studio audience as well. But what I wanted to bring up is two guys that have been on the show before are facing off in a career versus title match. Uh, it'll be Tommy Dreamer putting his career on the line for the Digital Media, media Championship that is currently held by Kenny King. Uh, Brian, two guys that you worked with very, very closely, uh, two guys that have been on the show and talked with us. Dude, if if Tommy has any say about it, this is going to be a knockout dragout brawl. Just no, Tommy. No, it's not Tom yet. Not yet. Kenny King, I love you, but God, I hope he whips your ass. Man, I love you both, though. I do love you both. And I know you're both avid listeners, so I know you're listening to it right now as we speak. But uh, this can't happen at Victory Road. Come on. Please, no. I don't work at Impact anymore, so Daniel may know more than I do, and he probably won't do anything but K-Fabus anyway. Uh, but <laughs> this can't happen there. Victory Road's not even big enough of a pay-per-view. It's not. It's a good pay-per-view, but it ain't the biggest one they can do it on. The grandest stage, not Tommy Dreamer. Oh, you know, uh, when he came out and, and made that um, announcement in Toronto at the TV taping, uh, you know, that that's what he'll do, put on the line. I, I'm, I was literally like my eyes got big. Like, I'm just like, what? What did he just say? Like, I, I just can't um, can't imagine now being the time. I mean, granted, he has had a long career and Tommy is, you know, one of the best to ever do it. Uh, inside and outside of the ring, and all he's done behind the scenes too. You, I mean, he does so much behind the scenes. You just, you just the regular fan has no idea. But, um, but yeah, I just I, I I'm telling you, I, I it, if it was the if it is going to be the end, I still think, and he, he said it, he can look back and be happy with what he's done. But part of, I'm trying to be partial. A part of me is just rooting because you never want to see people you love and care for to end your their career, right? So part of me is just hoping it doesn't happen. But um we'll see, I guess, this this Friday at Victor Road. Daniel, is there any sweeter wrestler that you've ever met more than Tommy Dreamer? Uh it, it, if I if there is any more, I mean it's a short list. And he's in it's like it's you can count them on your one hand. If anybody, you know, Tommy's in definitely in that list. Um I, I can't, I mean, yeah. I mean, Mickey James would be the only one that's like stands, you know, and the, the, they tag team for a while as, uh, you know, House of Hardcore Country for a little bit. So, I, I mean, the, <laughs> you know, I, it has, yeah, you're right. I can't think of anybody else more sweeter, nicer. Um, but he's hardcore too. So, you know, <laughs> it's Tommy. 
the reason why I asked you that is because he doesn't mean what he's saying. He's just saying it like this. I've done so much of my career and I'm happy with that. Shut up. No, you're not. No, you're not, Tommy. There's so much more you want. And there's so much more that Brian Hubner wants. You cannot do this at Victory Road. You better kick his ass. Hey, um, uh, Tommy, I got something for you. It's called Blue Chew. Blue Chew will help you out. It puts blood up in you, bud. It puts blood up in you. It gives you that fierce fire. You better have it. You better not do this to me at Victory Road. Damn it. Well, but the thing is, though, I think it goes back to if anybody can do this, it's Tommy Dreamer is do the old Terry Funk retirement tour where, okay, it's going to be retirement. He's going to retire in the state of New York. Then he's still going to wrestle in Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? It's just Tommy Dreamer is one of those guys. He can't he'll never retire to quote a famous. No, no, no. that's what I don't like. If you're going to put stipulations or stipulations are put on you when you're done, you're done. I, I just think that that's, that, that that's the whole thing. With the Flair thing, I had such a major problem with. One last match. You already had one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was great for everybody involved and great for the house and great for people's paychecks and all that. I get it. Okay. Uh, that, okay, it works. But it doesn't mean you're, you're not staying by your word. I hate that. I, I really do. I hate that. I hate that. Well, the one thing that I will say this is that, you know, someone would like – Rick Flair and I don't know, you know, go back to was it two thousand eight or whatever when he had his last match, the his WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels, and then of course he later wrestled in uh wrestled a little bit in TNA Impact and then had his had some matches there. But you know, like when they like Kurt Angle had his last match, you know, and it was Baron Corbin, but yet people want Kurt Angle to come back and wrestle again. It's like it's one of those things. Like, did who dis, if if Kurt Angle decided or Ric Flair or in this case Tommy Jr. says no, I'm ready to call it quits. This is who I want to do it with, and this is where I want to have. If I lose, you know, this is where I want to put it on the line. Um, you know, like as long as he gets to make those shots, then I'm okay with it. Now, if it's if someone else is saying you need to hang it up, it's time for you to hang it up, and he doesn't get to do that or whatever. That's where I did. That's where I'm like, no, that they can have another last match down the road because they, it wasn't on their terms. So if these are on Tommy's terms, which sounds like they were, cause he came out and said it, then, you know, I have to respect the decision. We'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, no, no. Like I said, it definitely will be a review eight o'clock on uh Friday night. Uh, definitely. Card's going to be amazing. I mean, that I just want to put no, up the good. card for a minute. I don't know if you're going to do that or not, but right now you've got Go X division title, Kushida versus Leo rush. You've got anything goes match with bully Ray versus PCO, which that storyline has been crazy for the last couple of months. Uh, you got Jordan Grace's return against Deanna Prazo, who's by the way, Owen four against Deanna Prazo. Um, you've got the world tag team titles, the uh, rascals, the, the new champions that just won an emergence versus the Moto City machine guns. And then you have the impact world, the impacts world title, Alicia Edwards. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, our friend Lish versus Trinity Woo-hoo! for the knockout world title. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Josh Alexander finally gets his hands on Steve Macklin in a match that should have happened at rebellion, uh, in their match too. And I don't know if that's, I don't know what the main event is or whatever, but all of but there's quite a few of those that have main event, um, potential for sure so that and that's just what's been announced there's so much more that hasn't been announced yet so 
Um, now, how in know. the hell? Now, how in the hell did Lynch get a world title shot? What the fuck? She, hey man, she won that knockouts battle royal, you know, and she was a little, now granted, she, you know, kind of people forgot about she, her because she rode out of the ring a little bit, but hey, it's a part of the game. You, you know, when she saw the opportunity, she came and she was technically the last woman standing, last knockout standing in that match, and uh, she got the title shot. By the, by the way, her facial expressions were priceless. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll almost say this. I don't like to give away too many things like that. And I know TV tapings happen. And I know that the, the things are out there. There is a contract signing this week on Impact Television. It is must see between Lish and Trinity. It is must see. That's all I'm going to tell you. It will be the best television you'll watch that entire week other than victory road but just television itself be the best television mm-hmm. you'll see especially wrestling television and i know i'm biased but when you see it you'll agree trust me all right so daniel you know we cover other shit other than impact wrestling right yeah absolutely okay i just want you to know all right yeah uh, now so since you know that i mean are you gonna give us an insider here because listen i know you're in meetings i know you are because i was in there with them with you yeah Tell me Tommy Dreamer's not going out. I don't know, man. That's the one I really look, look, sometimes I get smartened up on things and you've been there too, Brian, you get smartened up on what's going on in the next month or so. And I, I may, I actually may know some things that are happening in two weeks, three weeks down the road, but this, I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. Telling you when I'm sitting there and he said it, my eyes got big going, what? I had no idea this was coming. And, um, I don't know anything past that. So, I, 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 we'll see, man. I, I hope, I hope not. But at the same time, you know, if I'm the ref for that, I got to be biased. I can't root for somebody. I got to just call it down the mat. You've been there. You know that. They should bring me in for the screw job. Ooh, they could. Yeah. Bring me in there. You're going over, Tommy. You're not retiring, baby. Not on a Hebner. Wait, 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 wait. wait. The screw <laughs> job to put the ba- to put the baby face over. Wouldn't you help Kenny the uh, end his career? No, I want to flip it. No, it will end his career. He just loses his title, dummy. <laughs> no, I know. I'm talking about Tommy. Wouldn't you want to be the the the, the screw job is to take the is to join with the heel and to screw over the baby, which is Tommy. So you would screw him over. Now he would have a reason for I can't retire because you know this 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 you know motherfucker you know screwed me. So you know I'm, you would have I'm a not reason. I'm not Earl. I'm Brian. I'm a baby face crap. <laughs> and we're Damn not right, I did it. And we wouldn't be in Canada either, so I guess you're right. I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a babyface ref. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody that uh, has been a babyface in some circles has been CM Punk this week. He has set the wrestling world ablaze, Brian. I think it's been pretty much every week for the, probably the last, what, month? We've had some sort of CM Punk news. It's official now. He's officially been released from AEW. A lot of people, everybody's speculating. Oh, he's going to come back to WWE. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. Let's first talk about this whole AEW thing. You know, we talked about it last week with him and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. <sighs> Why? <laughs> you know, I think do you think Tony made the right decision? We'll put it that way. Well, it's officially about fucking time. 
That's what it is. It's about fucking time. He's a shit disturber. He's a, I, 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 at this point, I feel like he's an egotistical maniac is what I feel like he is. I, um, you know, I've met him before, so I'm not going to act like I'm best friends with him or anything like that, but I know him and he, I didn't get this impression, to be honest with you. Actually, he was a nice guy to me, but, but, but my God, dude, how many problems can you fucking like stir up? You got the biggest moment in your history of your company and this bullshit happens. Now, last week, I had said that because of what I read that Jack Perry supposedly went up to him at backstage and now I'm hearing the opposite. So I don't know the whole story, but it doesn't matter. It still involves the same old suspect, which is him. And you know what? I think he's done too much to himself at a WWE that 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 bridge is burned too. Now, I know the way Vince McMahon thinks, who probably has taught his son-in-law the same things. Um what is it? Uh, bad, bad pub is good pub. Uh, you know, meaning that he can also make money on him. If he can make money on him, he's going to bring him in. Not only that, but he can also look at it as a way of burying the AEW saying you couldn't do anything with him, but look what I'm doing with him. And guess what? He's not, you know, he's not causing any shit. Um, but you know what? I, I honestly, I'm, I'm actually happy Tony grew a set of fucking nuts. I really am. And got rid of the, the the cancer in his locker room. So to me, it should have done been done long time ago. He probably should have never been brought back. It's a lesson that's to be learned. You can't have the boys running the roost. And that's exactly what this guy's doing, calling his shots. You know, so to me, it's officially too late. And I'm glad it's been done. I mean, it's, I'm not, obviously don't work there. Um, I have friends there. I mean, Brian, we both have friends there. Um, you know, it's, it's CM Punk, as you said, every time I've met him, have interactions with the guy, he's been super nice to me, super friendly to me. So I, I don't, I don't know if this is, I don't get this impression myself that he would do all this stuff. I, and, you know, I do feel like a lot of it is Meltzer reporting false information because, uh, it happens, you know, I, I, I read things and I'm like, and then I hear the, the real side of the story and I'm going, yeah, that didn't happen. So I do think there's some of that going on who's working who, I don't know, but you know, I do think that I heard this said earlier on, I don't know if it was Eric Bischoff or, or if it was Jim Cornette or somebody made a comment that said, everyone, everyone is, is going to, is, is going to benefit from this where now, you know, the CM Punk can move on and, do something different and, and get away because if he didn't want to be there, which the rumors are he didn't anymore. TK can now move on and with, with AEW and kind of move in the direction, not have to worry about drama backstage. If there was drama, which again, we only go by what we're here, the allegedly. I don't know personally if there is. And then the other camp, the the Perry's, the elite, whatever, all those guys, they can move on their business without having to worry about, you know, anything if punk's gonna stir something up, but whatever happens, right? So everybody wins in this situation. Um, yes, I know it sounds saying somebody wins by being fired, but I'm sure he'll bounce back. He's a, he's a, as much as I know Brian has a, has an, a certain opinion about his, about who he is as a person or in ring style, but he's a draw. So he'll go somewhere. Would it be back to WWE? He could, because as Eric Bischoff coined, 
controversy creates cash. And that's something that Brown was alluding to about there's no such thing as bad PR. If he is controversial, it's money to be made. And um, if anyone knows how to do that, it's WWE. And, I mean, who knows? There's still a third company out there that I work for, that Brian used to work for, that could also use him. Not saying we, I mean, we'll be taking probably. I, I, But <laughs> I'm not saying that, that there's been talks or anything because I have no idea. But he could also come there and work there. And I'm sure there's guys that would be able to work with him there too as well. So it's not over. And with the Endeavor thing happening, like he used to work for UFC and Endeavor's going to own both. And there could be some kind of thing there. Like you never know. So um, it's uh, – I'm just ready to – I'm ready for everybody to move on, and I think uh, I think that's kind of what maybe all the wrestling fans are too. Hopefully, let's see, let's see what happens. Let's see how what it, what it, in six months we'll look back and see was that the best right decision or was it or was it not? Right now, it looks like it could be the right decision. Six months, we may say it wasn't. We know, who knows? I tell you right now, everybody who don't win is Tom Warner Brothers. They designed they designed specifically a whole show which comes on Saturday nights at eight o'clock in a rotten day and a rotten time and put it all around him. The mega star, the draw that, you know, people say he is not saying he's not a draw, but he's no more than a major mid card wrestler um, to me. But you think they don't have something to say, Um, you know, it's very interesting to me to figure out what they are saying to Tony Khan and it could be that they were telling Tony Khan, you know what? We're sick of this shit, too. Get rid of his ass. Find you a star. Make you a star. You know, it's going to be interesting for them because they 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 totally, no matter what anybody wants to admit, they totally shaped this show for that guy and probably to help grow talent to bigger stars. And, and now, now that's not there. And now they've got a show. And it's on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock. Well, and everybody's, waiting to, to, everybody's just waiting to watch at 8. And that's the thing that that in wrestling has happened. It, it's next man up, right? So now that that show has been created, whether it was created for Punk or not or whatever, but that show was created. Warner Brothers wanted it and asked for it, so they got it. And AW's producing it live every week. So now that their main star of that show is gone, now it's time for the next man up. Who's going to take 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 that spot and be that leader uh, in the on that show and, and go from there? Now it's it's anybody's opportunity in the locker room. I mean, we could probably name five that we think it should be but it'll be anybody's you know time to do that and then now you know that's and maybe we'll look and again maybe six months around we'll go wow that was a great decision look at so-and-so stepped up and became the leader and that show you know dominated in the ratings or whatever or 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 surged in the ratings or we could see it be the complete opposite and show that it was a mistake i don't know only time will tell but i'll tell you one thing i think it regardless for the next few weeks it's going to get people watching um, AEW to see exactly what happens, and that's and that's a win win for everybody for AEW for wrestling fans for for it all. Yeah, yeah we'll see. It's very interesting. I just think that uh, Tony Khan should not have apologized for what he did, though. That was another point that I just didn't like about that. What's he apologizing for? You're a boss. If I'm a boss, I'm not apologizing for firing somebody. If you're not doing your job or you're making it hard to do our job, and I get to fire you know I got to fire you. I'm not apologizing to fucking shit. You know, that's the one thing I wish Tony wouldn't have done. He apologized to the fans and said, I'm sorry this had to happen, da-da-da. No. We had to get rid of him. You got to go. It happens to us all. Well, to me, anyway, it happened to me. (laughs) 
So anyway, it's gonna be interesting. Whatever. Um, you know, somebody else that uh, is been making the headlines has been uh, John Cena. He's back um, with the WWE for pretty much like a month run here. Uh, we saw him at uh, was it Payback? We saw him on SmackDown. Dude's all over the place. I just he was think, on Raw too. He, he, he was Ron. on Raw too. Oh, he was on. Yeah, he, was on yeah. he was on. He was on Mrs. TV. Yeah, yeah. You just couldn't see him. Exactly. Um, <laughs> That's John Cena. <laughs> but 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 Daniel, it's just we we go from CM Punk to a John Cena, and for better use of terms, and this is me saying it's nobody else. Two different ends of the spectrum. You have John Cena, and then you have CM Punk. With John Cena, the dude puts asses in seats regardless who you are. Yeah, I mean, and, but I would argue and say CM Punk does too. I mean, it was proven at AEW mm-hmm. and you know that as well. But it, it, um, John Cena does uh, put butts to the seats, and he is a needle mover for sure. I mean, as soon as he's announced, he's going to be somewhere. I mean, about a year and a half ago, he when he was first, he came back for another month stint when he when he ended up doing that um that uh, run to SummerSlam to take on Roman Reigns. He did a bunch of house shows and and live events and and TV and whatnot. Louisville, that's where I live, Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville did a house show, and it was an, it was an, it was like four thousand tickets were sold for the house show. And they sold, they were on sale for like four or five months. A week before the show, they announced Cena was going to be the Cena Summer of Cena, and they announced John Cena. One of the shows that he's going to be at is in Louisville, Kentucky. It went from four thousand to over eight thousand tickets sold in one week. You're talking four months of promotions. For, for took four months or four thousand in four months to another additional four thousand. So he basically he basically doubled the 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 draw in one week. One week that it was his drawing power. And that was what 2020, 20, 2020 or twenty one. I don't remember what it was. It yeah. was a couple years ago. But that's how that's how needle mover he is. He literally calls eight four thousand more people to run and buy tickets for that week and. Um, for that house so yeah he's 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 they what is he he's being coined now as the greatest of all time arguably he is in that argument he or he is in that discussion he is one of the greats of all time because of what he does because of no matter if you boo him or hate him you're going to be glued to the tv watching what john cena does so wb smart bringing him in for the next month and and you know although they haven't needed him because they've been doing very well but it's just gonna show you how much of a more um, head run or lead start or whatever you want to call it they'll be by having seen it here for the next month uh, doing things. So the point, and, and Dan, you're right with all that. But but here's the thing: what 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 for? Like, why is he doing it? Why is he coming in for a month? Is he just wanting to get the itch? I mean, I mean, because like you said, Daniel, they're doing very well without him. And he comes in. Does anybody know what the ratings were since he's been on all the stuff you just said? Has he been on Raw? He's been on SmackDown. Were those numbers better? Same? Flat? I mean, what were they? I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the SmackDown ratings. Um, I can try to find them real fast, though. Well, why are you um, pretty sure? That, the, the rumors that I saw that they've gone up a little bit, they're not. Um, let's see. SmackDown. Uh, this past friday did a 0. 0.65 18 to 49 2.4 
Is that show the percentage of what it was up from the previous week or anything? Because the previous week was now the previous week was the Bray Wyatt, um, and um, Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, um, reunion. So that could be tribute. So that could be like a higher, um, higher episode, anyways, just because of that fact. Slightly down, it looks like, because I got the graph here. Slightly down. What about the week before that? That to me, that's up over. I feel like the tribute show is going to be higher because of what it is. Towards the end, mid-August, it was about 2.5 million. You said 2.6 Friday? It was 2.4, 2.4. this past so a week. Little down, a little down. Okay. So it's a little down, but, you know, it's 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 the end of summer. Kids are going back to school. Everybody's busy, but still, it's like. Well, I'll tell you what I was doing decent. Friday night. I'll tell you what I was doing Friday night. I was watching my Louisville Cardinals play football. So you've got college <sighs> football back during it, I wasn't it wasn't the only game on Friday night. So there was quite a few um football games on. So you gotta remember they're gonna take a dip right now, all of it, because football is back, baby. And when football's yeah. back, they're the king. And whether it's college or pro and, and you take a dip hundred percent. And that's that yeah. gonna happen. That that's a perfect, per- perfect, perfect segue because we're gonna talk some football. All right, and that's going to be in our second count. Before we get to our second count, we're going to do our, well, it's my favorite because I get to vent and don't give a shit. Um, Our Ref and Review. This is Ref and Review. All right, guys. Ref and Review. I'm excited for this. And, and you know... uh, this this is my favorite part of the whole show. Anyways, I always love listening to Brian and Jimmy give their reviews. Um, but uh, you know, I figured we'd do things a little different a little bit, you know, since I'm here. And one of the things we just talked about, John Cena. Why not start with John Cena's reference performance that he did at Payback this week in Pittsburgh? Um, you know, and kind of review that because I um have some good and some bad in regards to John Cena's performance in that ring. And I know, uh, I know, I know, I know Brian will probably think the same thing. Oh, look, John Cena is one of the greats when it comes to wrestling. I, no one can do it better. Uh, hardly any, anybody can do it better than him. The referee and he, you know, he, he can use a little, some little uh, tips and, and uh, to the, to the trade there. Um, I, I will say this. He didn't have an IFB in his ear. So right away, I was highly impressed that he was able to, you can tell, give times how he was doing it, whether cameraman were helping out or what, I don't know, but he was giving times. He was, you can tell he was giving cues and spots and a lot of that. He was being very assertive. He was getting in the middle. He was doing a lot of things. He was, of course, it was part of the the gimmick of the storyline because of the angle. looks like they're going with the Miz and possibly LA Knight. So I get that, but I was very impressed. The only thing that he definitely needs to work on is now he was in the camera shots a couple times, you know, some bad camera shots. He's also tucking his ref shirt. He's look professional, tuck it in, you know. Um, and then the uh, his falsies, man. <sighs> I mean, Brian, you remember when you when you first got a, get your hands on me in training? That was one of the one of the first things you wanted to teach me was was fix my falsies. They were worse than mine, so that's all I'm gonna say. They were worse than yours. They were worse than mine. Well, they were god awful. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's the thing. 
I don't ever like when a wrestler, he's a wrestler, okay? You know, they do that. I don't like that. I just really don't. There's only been, in my opinion, a handful, if less. And that referees that are wrestlers do a good job. I mean, they get it done, but but don't get it done effectively. And John Cena is no different. He's a wrestler. It, it, it puts you in a different spot. He's not trying to get heat. He's not trying to get babyface uh, appeal. It's just a tough job. It's harder than what people think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, and it, and it goes to show if anybody just get in the ring and do it, John Cena did. Guess what? He didn't do it very well. Right. Uh, so, you know, yeah, as far as the spots, you know, the times or whatever, I don't know. They, 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 did you see him physically give cues? Twice. Yeah. Okay. But, but I mean, but, but it wasn't only because I know what I was looking for. I don't think, uh, like, you know, if my, you know, stepson or my daughter is watching, they probably didn't see that, you know, catch that. But, but I mean, me and you would, would catch it. And I knew, and, and again, he could not have been given a cue. It could have been, you know, could have been given a spot. He could have been actually legit working that, you know, working the match. He could have been the one agenting the match and telling them what to do. I don't know. He's John Cena. He's the best of all time. Right. So he could easily be doing that. So, uh, and I've seen him, I've seen him do that on a, in a tag. He's literally waiting for the hot tag and, directing and calling the whole match and he's not even a tag team wrestler he's you know singles wrestler so it's um i don't know but i but it's it's uh i was just i was impressed that i was like he got he did some training he did some studying for sure but you know if he's going to ref again we need to work on those falsies 100 <laughs> and the can and the camera shots you know get out of the camera man get, get out of the way a little bit turn your don't turn your back to the hard cam well, he's a big man. He's a big man. So, <laughs> you know, and, and here's another thing. He's just out of his world. He's not in his own element. You know what I mean? It's 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 really really. And that and, and that and that's why I I had to say praise for him because for him being out of his element, I was actually like, okay, he's actually not bad. You know, you can you you well, can without an IV too. Without exactly like you can literally see, you know, like Brian, if you you would be like. There's potential. This guy, I could turn him into a good ref in in three months or six months or whatever. You know, he can go from a Stifler or a Spencer to where they are now. Like he, you could, that could happen with John Cena as a referee. So there is definitely, well, of course, again, I think almost anything he does is good. So it's not he doesn't do thing half-assed anyways. That's who he is. That's why he's where he's at in the top of the company and top of the business, and he's doing the same thing in Hollywood now. So. He um yeah he would uh he 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 could have a future as a referee if you wanted to go that route he just needs a little more practice that's all. More all right now Daniel I have Daniel I have to teach you the ropes here. There's two people that we don't mention on our show in good light <laughs> in good light and that's uh-huh. Tony Schimmel or fucking Stifler. No, <laughs> I love them both, but you do not mention them in a good term at all. <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't know. Love. I just had. I guess I had. Uh, I guess I haven't played golf lately, so I just had to mention Stepper's name out there. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's. I, I'm I'm totally kidding, people. Uh, I really do love both of them. I just like giving them a hard time, and once again, don't ever mention their shit on my show again. In good light. Can I add one more person that never talked good about on the show? Absolutely, you can. Dave Pinser. No, 
Come on. Come on. Pinzer's my buddy. Pinzer's my buddy too. He's my buddy too. I love Pinzer, but you know, he's Pinzer. Pinzer waits till I get drunk, so I have to buy him something. Yeah, I know. Well, he, he waits everybody. He, well, he tries to get everybody to buy him something. Man, do I got more Pinzer stories since you've been gone? Oh my gosh. Whew, no, wow. The Pinzer stories will never stop. They're like Tony Chimmel stories. Except <laughs> yeah. Tony Chimmel's now out pretty much not in the bulk of his business now, but oh my God. Those two ought to hang out. That would be a fight. Oh my gosh. That would be I would I would pay that would be a pay-per-view. I'll pay for that. I would literally pay for that. Put it in the cage. We need to book that. Not to dampen the mood. Um, uh, you know, we are doing referee review, and yeah. um you are you are no one to be ignored as well. Um, and okay. it's not it, it, it's not by chance. This I don't I mean, I guess it is. Um, but there there was a little issue I had with uh, a, a eight man tag match that you did. Yeah. Uh, with involving the time machine, Josh Alexander versus Moose, Brian Myers, uh, Bully Ray, and Leo Rush. You took yeah. you took a bump in that. I did. Can you explain the bump before I keep going? Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was during there was a moment where the two legal men were Moose and Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander had um, had Moose in a sharpshooter, and uh, I'm down. Asking Moose, does he give? Does he give? Moose is, it looks like he's ready to tap. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm taken out. And it looks like from video evidence that I saw, Brian Myers from the top rope did your macho, best macho man impression and did an elbow drop and landed me landed straight on me and knocked me out. Uh, got rolled out of the ring. And uh, so I was out. And then during that time, a bunch of other stuff happened. And there you go. And I came back for the finish, uh, sort of. So, um, there you go. So, okay. So my problem was this, and it wasn't you as far as the bump goes. I thought the bump was decently designed. I don't think it was the most effective way to bump a referee, but it worked. Uh, I thought it was okay. Nothing major there. Secondly, I thought that you rolling out of the ring was probably not the best idea because of the fact that how long you were out of this match. I thought it was almost ridiculous how long you were out. Um, I was actually watching with my son, Trevor, who, you know, mm-hmm. and he looks at me cause we're both drinking and having a good time watching, you know, hanging out, you know, dad and son. And he says, dad, where's the fucking referee? And I went, I have no clue. I have no clue. I'm expecting them to run another referee down or, or you to feed up and take another a ref bump. A second ref bump would have worked so much better. So, for for instance, I think you should have taken something maybe not so harsh, come back and taken a bigger one like the elbow, which would have put you out longer and could have been easier to deal with and made more sense, or run a second ref down. Um, and also, they could have gotten so much more with you taking a second bump with a big falsy before you took the second ref bump. I just felt like this bump was okay, but it's like, if you were down that long, how the hell are you coming back? You know, that's that's my opinion. I think you were down way, way too long. It buried you as a referee, and it kind of made the match kind of like, eh, the match was well, good. We, we talked about it afterwards that, um, you know, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. We talked about it afterwards that maybe I should have stayed in the ring uh, because on the outside, which you don't see, the cameras never saw it, I'm literally 
selling up. Like I'm, I'm work, like I'm working up and everything. Like I'm not just laying out, but the cameras never caught it. So there's a chance that me being in the ring, you would have seen it more. There also was a chance that I could have been in the corner and it never picked me up either doing the same thing. So I don't know, but we did talk about that afterwards. So I do agree with you there. That's again, that's hindsight looking back, trying to, you know, that's one thing we do is that, um, film study, things like that is, and you know, this being there is, is we're always wanting, at least me, I know I'm always wanting to prove things or whatever. And when I was talking to the, the talent, the agent, everything, it was like, could we have done this? Could we have done this? And it was one of those, well, this would have made, you know, this, this ice cream was good, but this would have just added maybe some sprinkles on top, made it a little bit better or did, you know, a little, little whipped cream and cherry or whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's still ice cream and it still worked and everyone still liked it, but it wasn't, it could have been better different ways and you know granted I, I don't i don't think i think originally you know maybe all the spots were not supposed to happen or not supposed to take as long happening you know that that, that sometimes that goes uh i remember going over it i didn't think it was going to be that long either but you know what did you do in the middle of it you got i gotta not see stuff right so i've gotta stay selling stay down until i'm supposed to get back up uh, so there's the, there's those moments as well. I'm not that just happens in TV. It just you can't sometimes you plan for something you think it's going to take 30 seconds and it actually takes two minutes. And that just that happens in wrestling in general all the time. That that that, that was my next question. That was my next question. Actually, you've made me think about a couple things here. Um, how awesome would it be, RJ, to do the ref and review and have the referee that I'm going to fucking bury on every week? And they don't know what they're getting buried for, but they probably already know they're getting buried. I've never had a referee on, and I'm not burying Daniel. What I'm saying, I've never had a referee on that I'm actually talking about. I mean, RJ, he, I'm, I'm, this might be something we need to dig into. Yeah. But the problem is, we've had the same referee on every fucking week. That would be good. Well, well, see, but see that. See, then you can look at it this way: don't be the referee to be on the show. You know, make and that that's kind of like your way of helping the business a little bit there, Brian. You can, you know, have uh, you know, the referees a little bit better. Maybe. Well, when we well, when we record, it's Tuesdays, and there's nobody that's working except NXT people, and I don't watch NXT, no disrespect, I just don't watch it. Um, yeah. so that means everybody's available. It's a travel sure. day for, for it's a travel day generally gonna be for the imp uh no no no. The impact guys go home on Monday. Tuesday guys are going to be the travel day will be AEW. Uh, Probably Raw, maybe. We may have to look into this. Do you think anybody would like like say, okay, voluntarily, I'll be on your show so you can bury me? <laughs> well, from from the bigger from the bigger companies, maybe not. But you know, you could even have. Uh... Uh oh crap that's that's a thing it's just like they'd have to get that approval and you know i mean it, it, never say never i guess it'll never happen but anyway <laughs> uh, so so daniel yeah you obviously went over this thoroughly right yeah of course so you're saying that you didn't feel like the time frame of the bump to to when you were able to come back seemed weird and awkward at the time no, 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 at the time it didn't. Now, I will say this, too. I'm not going to go too much detail, but the bump, the, the version of the bump, what, what, what bump I was going to take changed three times. Why? So, whoa, 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 why? Because different people, different things going to happen, and then it it needed 
when they described who needed to do it, it made sense because of who was taking the submission. It made sense for Brian to be the one to do it. But two other people were going to bump me uh, originally. And then Brian needed to be the one to bump me before the story and him being a tag team in a tag team with with Moose. So that's why it changed and went from two other things. No, I don't, I'll tell you all fair what those were, but uh, to an elbow drop. And, um, and then again, the one thing that Myers is total professional. So he had to find the right spot. He was supposed to do it from behind. um, But, uh, but, but he couldn't get there. So he had to, he had to make it work. And luckily he still did it in in a way where I couldn't see him. Um, coming from the top. So, um, but I also had to do my job and keep looking straight at Moose, waiting for the tap, and not see Myers from the corner he was coming from either. So, it's a little bit of both, kind of making it work. It's one of those where you just have to, you know, you get you you don't you plan for something, you think something's going to happen, you just kind of got to go with what you without what's in front of you and and make it work. And I, I believe we did. But yes, I I the way it was described, the way we talked about. Everything was going to be kind of a bang bang happening. I knew I was going to be out for a few for for a, not. I knew I was going to be out for at least a minute or possibly two, but not not as long as it seemed. And it may it it, it didn't seem going through it. It didn't also seem um, that long, but then it did because I kept trying to get up to sell up because it felt right. And then I was like, oh crap, I can't yet. I can't get back in the ring yet because this is happening. You know so. Yeah. Well, the the, la- the last thing I'll say on this, and then we're, we're going to move on, um, is that you know the bump was good. I mean, the bump, you know, it's an elbow drop. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. from the top rope onto a referee's back, basically. Um, it, it it was physical, harsh, big bump. But was what were, were, were two bumps ever talked about at all? At all? Mm. I think at the very very beginning, yes. At the very, very you beginning. Did huh? you? No, I didn't extend it. I didn't. I didn't. No, I just was listening. I just was okay. And then, and then, um, it was, but they were smaller bumps. So then they wanted to make it a bigger one. I think that would have been better. Or either you selling in a ring where the camera is going to obviously pick something up of you stirring around or something. No, selling in the ring that again, after the match, that's what we talk. I mean, literally, I was like, that's what we should have did. We all like agreed, like, yeah, it should, I mean, at least a few of us. I don't know. I didn't talk to everybody, but at least the, the the ones that were, you know, we were discussing and the agent was like, yeah, should have done that and should have did that. I mean, and there and and um, there was something else that was supposed to happen in the ring that didn't. So that was another reason why maybe I need to sell on the outside and um, but it didn't end up happening in the ring after all. And I don't remember if that was changed last minute or if that was something that um, got changed on right there because it wasn't available. I, I'm not sure. Not, you know, but I don't want to go too, too detail into it. Cause just, cause I try to keep as much kayfabe as possible. However, I'll, I'll be more than happy to talk to you when we're done recording. I'll tell you all about it, Brian. <laughs> Good thing. I love you because I would love to bury you right now. <laughs> I'm in that mood, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, that's cool. I, I, I knew you were kidding because you had the you had your little Brian gr- grin when you were saying it. So I knew you were joking, but but the audience don't see that. So you know they they think you're they think you're being true. So and, it's all good. and just so everyone knows, this was not set up because Daniel was filling in this particular week. I actually texted him and said, "Dude, I know you're joining us this week, but I swear to God, I got a problem with your rep up, and I've got to discuss it. I've got a problem with it." He's like, "I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it." And so this is not set up. This is really legit. 
Um, so yeah. you haven't been on here much as far as uh ref and reviews. So that's good. And it just happens to be the week you're on that I got a problem with what you did. <laughs> All good. And 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 again, I don't I don't you've said it before, it's not really a bump, it's not really it's 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 the way of the match, and that's and that's um you can only do so much in those situations. And I but I I totally see what you're saying, two rough bumps or something even smaller, bigger, something, you know, whatever, like there or another ref come in and take another bump. I mean, there's, there's definitely other ways to do it, but, it, but again, that's one of those goes back to, you know, it's, you're just, you're taking ice cream that, and you're just wanting to add sprinkles and wanting to add whipped cream and just make it a more prettier. Um, it still was good when you ate it, but it could have been a little bit better with those extra things. Right. So. Jesus Christ. He's making me hungry now talking about rough bumps with ice cream. <laughs> Fucking models bullshit to put on top. All right, RJ, where are we going? Well, why don't we send it up to our second count and talk a little, uh, talk a little football? This is your two count, gentlemen. Second counts here, and this we're doing something a little different here. It's tis the season for football, see, it's unreal, you know. We got college football already kicked off. The NFL starts tomorrow night. God, it's one of those things you kind of get that itch again. You know, you're watching Thursday night football, Sunday, basically you watch from <laughs> what's like, I think it's sometimes like 9, 10 a.m. with the pregames to about 9 or 10 at night. And uh, I, my, my wife, uh, my wife's grandmother used to call her a football widow in football season. So, uh, guys, hey. You got Dan, Daniel, you're a big Colts fan. Yes. Easy there, big fella. Look, we donated our quarterback to, um, to Brian Hedner, uh, whatever they, what do what is your team called? The, the commanders, the commandos. I mean, the commanders, commanders. commanders. Um, I, I, I was thinking of the what you what's the what's the what's the uh the Commodores. I always want to call them the Commodores, like your like your uh what's his name, uh, Lionel Richie. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it, it's it's I look at him, I can look at his face. I donate, but I donate. Uh, we donated our quarterback to him last season because we needed him. But then we get, but we we should have we should have um we should have just kept him because he was no better than Matt Ryan. So thank goodness we got rid of that experience. And we're moving on to something different, but it's going to be an interesting year. I think this is still for the Colts kind of a rebuilding year. I don't see us doing that well overall. I mean, I, I want to, I, I hope they make me a, um, I hope they make me a, uh, make me wrong this season and make me go look back and go, hey, I doubted them. I can't believe I doubted them. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm more looking forward to what we do. Um, this season to kind of put ourselves in a good spot to get some trades and some drafts and things like that. But you know, it's um any given Sunday though you never know, right? So that's the that's the that's NFL. Well, boys, um, my grill has the tanks are full, the freezer is packed, and I am ready to go. We got college football that already started. Oh yeah. And, and how about the beat down last night, or actually wouldn't be last night, the night before last, Clemson going down to Duke. Yeah. Number nine. And you see that uh, Duke, they put Duke in um, 
like in the poll, right? They got or, or did they or did they make it? I don't know. I, I saw that. No. Uh, I saw Clemson got pushed all the way down to 20, 25th. And I'm like, wait, and you put you got Duke right on the edge there. And no, Duke should be 25 and 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 put Clemson out of there. If you're going to like that's just I don't know. Anyways, to me, you lose at home against an unranked team. You you're out, and you at least put that person in the at least in the twenty five, right at twenty five. They don't need to be in the top twenty, but right in the twenty, right at number twenty five. But that's just my thing. Um, ACC's ACC's going to be a fun year this year. I think I think it's going to be. It's never going to it's never going to be SEC football, but it's going to be a really fun year, and I think it will be the the second best college football football league um, this year, in my opinion. And while we're on college. While we're on college, uh, how about Deion Sanders' son? 510 yards passing, four, four touchdowns. touchdowns, four touchdowns, and beat a what, number 17 TCU team? TCU was in the national championship last year. Yeah, but, I mean, what were they, like 17, 19, something like that? Something like that, yeah. I mean, wow, that's pretty impressive. Now, I know that uh, Lee Corso had some – um, quite negative words to say to Dion because he didn't like the way that he moves his whole team to the Colorado atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. That was really interesting that I've read about. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's interesting. Um, I was watching some ESPN and uh, they're saying that, you know, this could be a team that needs to get uh, a little attention and being paid attention to. I, I don't know. I, I think it's too early to tell that, but they made a good first impression. Yeah, they did. It, it is always too early to tell. Always, always th- this type of year, always interesting. Now, the first week, you're able to say, okay, I can kind of see where people stand. I can kind of start ranking teams and kind of predicting a little bit because you've seen them play. But, it, it, but, if, but if you have, like, for example, one of my rivals, I'm a little Cardinal fan. We're in the ACC, so that's probably why I put over the ACC a little bit earlier. But Kentucky Wildcats – you know, they're a football team. They're more of a basketball school, but they've been a good football school for the last few years. They're in the SEC, one of the hardest football, the hardest football league ever, right? And then you they play someone like a ball state. They destroy them. You can't really see what, you know, Kentucky is going to do in week five against Alabama or whoever they're playing in week five. I think it's Alabama. But you can't tell how they're going to play because they played ball state where if you see someone like a Duke playing against Clemson and seeing how well Duke did. You, okay, Duke can have a good season. They can play with some of the best. TCU, you know, seeing what they did to, t- you know, like a lot of that you can make, you can make opinions and, and decide, okay, these teams can do well. But when you, when you have someone, unless you're in Alabama playing and smoking somebody, it's pretty the only one that gets a pass. If you're playing someone like that, it's a, it's a, it's a cakewalk. 90% of the time, you still can't, you still can't determine what they're going to do until they play someone with some kind of competition, just my opinion. And and it it always comes out that way. I mean, you watch football as much as I do, you, you know, like this team may have started off hot, but they didn't play anybody. And then when they did, they, they struggled, you know, and that, that's, that's when they, uh, when you see what they're really made of. That's, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Daniel, you doing any fantasy football? I am. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in an OVW league actually. Um, that's the only one. I only did one this year. I was going to do more than one, but only did one this year. But uh, yeah, I'm my grade on draft was an A, so I'm 
I'm I'm pretty excited about my my fantasy season. All right, real quick, real quick. I don't want to talk to you to death about this. I know yeah. I don't want to bore anybody. Who's your quarterback? Patrick Mahomes. Who's your receiver? Number one. Um, Higgins with uh, Cincinnati. Who's your running back? Derrick Henry. Ooh, he's in Titans now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's your uh, tight end? Uh, Kittle. Ooh. Now he's hurt, right? He's questionable right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't care about your punter. I don't care about your kicker. And I don't care about your defense. All right. Moving on. Um, here we go, boys. Top five teams in NFL this year. Let's make a list. Oh gosh. Top five teams. Come on, this should not be hard. Over overall, or just in each division? Nope. Overall, your top five teams. The five teams you think have the potential to possibly win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Buffalo, Kansas City. Of course you're gonna say Buffalo. Of course. What come on? Come on, I'm I gotta not gonna get the say the Colts. I'm not gonna say the Colts. And I, it, it, all right, whatever. That, that was um, <laughs> Shit, I gotta look at it now. Um, I will say it, it they may not make the Super Bowl, but I will say, and this will be a bold prediction, you can hold me to it because I said it multiple places. The Detroit Lions will the Detroit Lions will win a division. What? Yep. They're the Detroit Lions. They're never gonna change. That's exactly that that's exactly my point. Everybody thinks they're gonna, you know, they're gonna shit the bad, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. I think that they have the right amount of places in people in place to win that division. I think green Bay is on the way down. Chicago is on the way down. They're good ball clubs, but I think, you know, it's bold prediction. It's a bold prediction. And be, will it come know, true? Probably not. Do you know that they're predicting Chicago to finish 12 and four? If that makes sense to us, say four, five, six, 12 and five. Well, how many fucking games they have anymore? I can't remember. 17, right? No, 16. Yeah. No, 16. No, they, I thought they made it one more week because they have one less week of preseason. Oh, maybe yeah. you're right. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah you're they right. have three weeks. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. We're all confused. All right. But anyway, Anyways, so like 12 and four. So I, 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 to, okay. I'm trying to think. Yeah. All right. Say your list again, Say your list again. Not in any particular order. Say your list. So Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to say Philadelphia and I'm going to say, shoot, New Orleans. What? Okay. Daniel, what do you got? New Orleans is yeah. weak division, man. Um, weak division. I'm going to say, yeah, but hold on before you go, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm choking on <laughs> what he just said. They can win the division. That doesn't mean that they're going to possibly contend for the Super Bowl. It's New Orleans. I'm talking about teams that you think were going to go to the Super Bowl or have a chance to go there. I understand why I you said that. Yeah. You got to take that back. That's that's. Horrendous. I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it back. I'll, I'll take that back and I'll put uh, Seattle in it. Okay. I mean, that's more respectable than New Orleans. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. So. I've got probably Cincinnati, um, the Chiefs, 
the only person that I mean it depends obviously who wins this division would, would determine this, but Ravens are gonna have a good run because it's it's gonna be a tough one there with Cincinnati, but um the Bears and Arizona Cardinals. So really? Where where are you getting Arizona from? I'm just um thinking they're gonna be the, the sleeper in the um over there in the NFC weather. There's always a sleeper in the NFC. Always a sleeper. I just feel like they're going to be the sleeper. Who Who's your fifth? You said Kansas City, Cincinnati, Chicago, Arizona. Well, my fifth is Arizona. Oh, but but who's my who's uh, Cincinnati Chiefs, Bears, uh-huh. Ravens. Oh, Ravens. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All they're, right. They're they're sitting there pretty though. Those Baltimore's they they don't have a bad ball club. No, they don't. And plus, I got to get shot at Lamar Jackson. You know, I mean, he's my, my oh Louisville. well, of course, Louisville guy. Yeah, yeah. That's why Louis. That's why Louisville sucks. He's gone. <laughs> no, they don't suck now. <laughs> hey, 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 you're gonna see look on, on uh November the fourth, you're gonna see how how good Louisville is there when uh when we welcome your uh Virginia Tech uh team into into the L N Stadium, renamed L N Cardinal Stadium. Can can we continue to talk NFL? I can't talk college football because my team actually sucks. Um <laughs> All right, so so here's my top five guys uh, in, in no particular order. This is what I think. Kansas City, Buffalo, Dallas, Eagles. Uh, and I'm believe it or not, my sleeper is going to be the Jets. I can so, see that. The, the, what I took out of this, Brian, you have two NFC East teams in here, and they're it's not your team. No, it's not my team, and um, I'm very confident to say it won't be my team. But I will say, October the 5th, I've got plans. I'm going to the game to watch the Washington Commanders play the Chicago Bears with my dear friend D'Lo Brown and uh, Hmm. uh, my brother-in-law and uh, a few other suspects. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun, but well, it's for fun well, because we're not gonna win the division, that's for sure. What do you think about and we'll see in that NFC East? And I have a kind of it's sort of a homer pick too because it's the Bills' former OC is Brian Dable there with the Giants. Do you think the Giants really stand a chance to you know they played well last year? Do you think they stand a chance to come out of that division, you know, a higher up, or do you think it's gonna be a so so year? I think that they had a great year last year and it's going to all simmer down now. I really do. I think it's going to simmer down. Um, you know, the East is, is kind of back, man. The East is kind of back. Um, the Redskins are more up in the air than, you know, than most of the other teams in it. But I think that if we can get some good quarterback play at a how, we could be up there. I do. And he's shown mm-hmm. some great, great strides through the, you know, the OTAs and all the way through preseason. So, We'll see. We'll see. We got weapons. We got a great defense. So we'll see. And the Giants, you know, they're they're going to be good too. Um, I just don't think they're going to be better than the Eagles, and I don't think they'll be better than Dallas. I just I just simply don't think that. And I hate to say that word in one sentence, Mickey James. You know I do. I will shit all over Dallas. I hate that the Cowboys. I hate them. But oh man, I had to bring that. I had to bring Daniel, that out. But... Daniel, don't Daniel, don't me and you play. Don't don't the Colts play the 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 the, the Commandos. Uh, do we this year? I know we did. 
I think. God, I, God, I hope so. I need a victory. <laughs> yeah, victory. Uh, no, we don't, we don't play uh, each other. We don't play each other this year. I didn't think we were. I thought we played last I, year. We were in the. We don't play this year. Okay, uh, that's the game, Joe. All right, I got you. Yeah, we don't play anybody in the uh, east. East, yeah. Or, or, or do we play one team from the east? Hang on. We usually play. No, that's, I don't, that's I don't only. Think you do. No, no, we don't. We don't play the east this year. We play uh, the um, uh, south. We play the south. So we got the Buccaneers, the Saints. Um, and the uh, Falcons is who we got this year. So I, I I have the unfortunate news to bring to you now is that the Buffalo Bills will be coming to Washington on the 24th of September. So you have that going for you, at least, Brian. At least you see one good team in Washington this year. Uh, RJ, you want to come to that game and make a bet? Because I'll have you walking around fucking D.C. naked. And case in point, why I am not going to be uh wow, all right then. That 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 escalated fairly your, you quickly. Can start your only you're reffing it up only fans. <laughs> yeah, the only yeah. The, only the one fan. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if your if your wife wants to support it, that's all good. I'm sure Brian would appreciate oh, that. Oh, don't bring she, her. She'll, <laughs> she'll probably play she'll probably pay me to put it back on. Jesus. But uh well, why no, don't we that, have... no, that'll be me in front of that line. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, oh, why don't we send it off to our third count? We got a couple listener questions that just came in. We sent out that tweet earlier, uh, or X, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, and we have a couple, a uh, couple that just came down. So why don't we send it up to our third count? Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that that's over because the NFL is here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for one week. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with a game-time greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single day in this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now. Use the promo code REFIN, that's R-E-F-I-N, to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That code again is REFIN, R-E-F-I-N, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit cpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions may apply. This is your three count. All right, gentlemen, who are third count? We got a couple listener questions here for you. First, from Mr. Clint Carroll, he asks, what are your guys' favorite match you guys refed? Uh, Daniel, we'll start with you. Oh, okay. 
Um, it, it's it's a loaded question, and and the reason why I say it that way is because I just recently um kind of answered this different way. There there's there's many different reasons something could be favorite. Um, it could be favorite because of the moment. It could be favorite because of the location. It could be favorite because of the people in the ring. So it's, it's really loaded. So I'm gonna kind of like name a few of my favorites. You know, um. I'm gonna have to say the Ric Flair's last match, the semi main event uh, for the woman, the the Impact Knockouts World Title was a triple threat women's match between Deanna Prazo, Jordan Grace, who was the champion at the time, and uh, Rachel Erling. Erling, that was a great one. Um, and then um, one of my first ever title matches was in a combination of OVW and Impact coming together. It was for the OVW Heavyweight Championship. It was Tony Gunn versus Sammy Callahan. With Sammy Callahan was with Team Impact. And Tony Gunn was with Team OVW, so that was pretty cool. And that was kind of my introduction to Impact and started big relationships too. So that has a special meaning to me. Um, uh, one of the first ever main event uh, that I got to do for Impact Wrestling that Brian uh, gave me that uh, uh, that uh, assignment that night. It was Moose versus um, Heath, and it wasn't that it was that match in particular. It was just that it was my first one. It was in my home hometown here in Louisville for pay per view, and my family was there in the crowd. So. You know, those kind of things are very, uh, very special. Um, and then uh, probably my very first ever um, Impact World title match with Eddie Edwards versus uh, RVD. RVD. So, so those have, like, moments that are special to me and why they're my favorite. But, you know, like, I've had, you know, I mean, I've, there's been so many matches that I've been a part of, you know, that have been cool. Like the, the, the triple threat match of Hard to Kill, which was – um, for the Impact title, Moose, uh, Matt Cardona, and uh, Will, um, William Morsey. Like, that was that was awesome, too, as well. So it's just, it, again, it, it's it's a loaded question because I have so many favorites uh, because of different reasons. So um, it's hard to pick just one. It's like your kid. You can't just pick one, right? Oh, I think Brian, I, has, I, a favorite, I think Brian has a favorite kid. So <laughs> I do not have a favorite kid. You stop it. They listen. Um. Daniel, stop it. Um, anyway, um, it, it, it is a loaded question. But I come up with mine um, because of, well, uh, uh, because of the moment, because of the pressure. And it's what I built on. And I think it would, it's what built me. Um, obviously, the Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania, whatever fucking number it was. 19. Uh, 19, yeah. That was, a, that was a huge moment and a huge honor. And it was something that, you know, no one else can ever say they did. You know what I mean? And that's that's something special to me. Uh, the other WrestleMania moment I had, and, and there were many, but it, and like Daniel said, it was just it's just a loaded question. And uh, but I, like I say, I go on pressure, and I had the Shawn Michaels Kurt Angle match, huge, huge match, and in my opinion, stole WrestleMania. Um, and 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 the reason why the pressure there was because. You know, Sean had never worked with me before, was on Raw. I was a SmackDown ref, and, you know, there was pressure that he even put on me, you know. So, really cool there that I, you know, did what I was supposed to do, did it at a high, high volume, and he appreciated it and and, and told me so. And then, you know, there are, there, there are many moments at Impact Wrestling that I had that were just amazing. But, uh, you know, I have to say that just – to be in the ring and to have the honor to, for the first time to have Eric Young 
win the world heavyweight championship for the first time was, was an incredible feeling for, for me as a referee and then emotionally as a friend, which was crazy. And I actually let my guard down and became emotional, like with him, which was uh, like photoshops, like, you know, that I saw or ops or whatever they're fucking called um, just were awesome to me because they were showing my emotions and, you know, but there's so many more that I'm leaving out. So many more. There's so much talent that, you oh, know, yeah, hundred percent. I'm the same way. Like there's so many I'm leaving out. Yeah. I mean, it really is, but it's a, like you said, the perfect answer to that question is loaded, but, but, you know, those are three of the things that highlighted, you know, kind of for me, just a pressure wise, B the talent that was in the ring and C just emotional wise as a friend. So those, those, those are my answers. All right, and then our last question comes from a our number one fan himself. You know him, you love him. Wait, 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 wait. Our number one fan. Hmm. I, I, I would. He, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give Daniel a guess. Da, Ga, Daniel, who would you say is our number one fan? Who would you say? Stimmel. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. I just. I just thinking possible i'm sorry i wasn't supposed to say his name on here anymore right um so but that was negative so that's fine <laughs> that was negative <laughs> <laughs> anyway so our number one fan is mr david penzer oh. what? wow that's yeah that's... i know anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah i know this point uh, he wants to know from you guys things that you think you need to work on a bit to get to that next level. Well, that would obviously be a question that I would be talking about Daniel because I've made it to the next level. And uh, uh, so I'm assuming he'd want me to talk to Daniel. Um, yeah. But Pinzer does confuse things. He must be drinking. Um, <laughs> if if Pinzer's awake, he's drinking. <laughs> I love you, Pinzer. I love you. Um, but I, I would say that Daniel has made a lot of great strides and I'm not going to sit here and put him over cause he's on my show. Cause I got negative to shit to say too. Um, but I just think that there's things that Daniel does that doesn't that like it's, it's, it's in his, it's in his like routine that gets difficult to get out. And that is a part of being a referee that does become like problematic, you know, cause you have to, like freaking decide it's kind of like when you're in a podcasting world and you're doing things and the word um come up um i still do um but it's much less than i used to do it it's kind of the same way it's kind of like that so you know daniel's false finishes are great they're phenomenal but daniel has a way that he counts one two three differently than he does his other finishes and he's done that for However long me and him have been hanging out, however long I've been working with him, there's times where he doesn't do it, but there's times where he does. It's kind of like a relapse. Um, I also think that his cues have gotten so much better since I worked with him, but there's still something needs to work on. Just still needs something to be worked on. And then again, you know, that's something that's easily done. You know, we talked earlier about John Cena being a referee. You, you know, you you know, if you look at him, there's things you can see that's there and you just want to improve on it and you develop them in three months, six months, 12 months, whatever it may be. Dude, you know, it, it, I wasn't with you too long. You know what I mean? And 
you know, the improvements you've made are astronomical. But to get to that next level, communication in the ring, the the, the false finishes, which will mean so much more to your talent and yourself as well. You'll feel it. You'll feel the, the, the pride. And the false finishes aren't the problem. And it's not that. It's the finish that you sometimes forget about. And it's a one, two, three, as opposed to one, two, three, you know, and there's satisfaction there. And, and me and you have talked offline. I've texted you before. It's not like we're strangers and we're just talking about this for the first fucking time. Um, but, you know, those are the two things. And I think that also showing personality, you've done very well at, but I think there's more there. I think there's more there. I know you outside of wrestling. You have a lot of personality. I think you need to show it in the ring. And I think it makes you a different player in the ring. I think that if you're able to let your hair down and be Daniel and be Daniel the ref, I think that puts you over the top, you know, showing your command and doing what Daniel does. That's what I think right now at this point is what would put you over the top as far as being one of the best, if not the best referee in the business today. <clears throat> yeah. And this is stuff that, um, that, uh, you know, uh, he mentioned before, but he talked offline. I mean, it's something that is a constant uh, conversation working on things, uh, you know, there, I mean, I, I think uh, I can, I can have one of my, one of my best performances in a match. And what I love about Brian and I lo- and I love this, this is what I want to hear, but I'll get 90% of, or maybe a hundred percent of everybody sees it. Dude, that was awesome. They put everything over and then Brian or maybe a Tommy dreamer or whoever will just look at it and go, ah, but you know, this one little thing you, you yeah. did. And I'm like, yes, I want to hear that. Like, like tell me the one little thing that everyone else didn't even want to talk to me about because they, they did such a great job that they wanted. They didn't want to, man, I want to give him anything negative, negative because he did such a great job. But no, give me that one little, and it's not a negative. It's a, it's uh, it, it, my thing is, I remember I, 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 I don't know if I shared this on this podcast. I don't shared it on mine before and I've shared it with other people is that I remember talking to a talent after they got a, a tryout from impact wrestling. And when D was talent relations or good friend D and he gave them feedback and I went up to that person. And I said, Hey man, how was, how was the, the match? Like, or, or whatever, would you get feedback? Oh, did, did you get feedback? Yeah, it wasn't good feedback though. I was like, it wasn't. And they go, no, they told me I need to work on this, 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 this. And I'm like, and I stopped them and go, wait, how, how was that not good feedback? They just told you what to do to fix it, to get signed and be better. How's that not? Well, I was like, oh, you mean they didn't tell you you were the best of all time. Okay. Now it makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. that's what we want to hear. So like, we think that when somebody tells us something negative in a match that they saw or nitpicking that Brian does did this for me or you know and Jimmy has done and other people has done too it's it, it's a it's it's positive it, it's a good thing um so I don't take the I take it as as yes okay I'll let me fix that let me work on that and Brian knows as soon as he tells me something I'm like yep um, I'll fix it and I usually do um I don't think I've, I don't think usually I think I always do when he tells me that. So, you know, and I always use this phrase too. I mean, it, it makes so much sense. Um, you know, obviously you both know, and if you guys out there listening, don't know, you know, I do a lot of coaching as well. Um, not with wrestling with, with sports and, you know, the worst thing a player can say, and I understand why they say it. I'm sorry. No, don't, don't, don't be sorry. 
Don't be sorry. Be better. Be better. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the goal that I teach. That's the goal that I that I strive after. Um, you know, you for you avid listeners, you know, you understand the the, the challenges I went through with my dad training me. There was never a perfect match. There was never nothing. And Daniel, that's the case for you. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be a perfect match in my life that I watch of you. Never. Um, no, I mean, and, 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 and I'm okay with that. And I, 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 and I've literally have came back and you, and I've seen you because you're different from your dad, the way you coach me. This is back when you were with impact. I would come back from a match and I, you know, it was a great match and I did a great performance and you even would go or a good performance. I should say, cause it wasn't great. You even go and you, you'll like, come here like it was good like you you like you hated to tell me what you saw because you know that i did so i did well but you're like i still gotta i still gotta break this down because as you're as my as someone who's training and teaching and coaching you if i didn't then you know i'm not gonna fix that or i'm gonna think that that's okay what i did or whatever and it, and again it wasn't that you wanted to bring me down in the in that moment of having a great match you wanted to you know you wanted to make it even you wanted to make it well i keep saying great you wanted to turn it into great it was good i wanted to turn it great and 90 percent of everybody that's going to watch is going to think it was great but i know it was just good but i know it can be great and that was that that was brian's teaching he still does that and that's that's the uh that's that's a true coach and, and um and uh and i always appreciate that from brian and um and I'm, and I know he's he he's never gonna not stop. You know, I'll get that random text on a Thursday night. What the, what the hell was this? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you know. no, no, no. You got what the fuck was that? Yeah, 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 that's it. yeah, that's it. yeah. But but I, but I'll finish it with this. Okay, here's where I'll finish it. You know, that's what's wrong with today's wrestling business, with the referee portion of it. And I'm and I'm not being ugly. I'm being for real. There's not enough guys like me that are not as, like are are afraid to tell people. There's a bunch of like bitches in the business now. They all think they're so good they don't want to be told anything because their their heads are so fucking big. They think they're bigger than the business and they know every fucking thing. When you don't, you don't, and that's the problem. Are we back to reference review? Fuck. Um, <laughs> I mean, but no. Of- but but what I'm saying is. Where I knew I had you, like where I needed you, was that you weren't that guy. You know what I mean? Um, there was another referee. I won't mention his name because it doesn't matter. He's irrelevant. That I would try and give advice to that just thought he knew it all. Well, if he knew he if he if he thought he knew it all, then why wouldn't he make the guy when I got there when he was before? Apparently, you're not the guy. But anyway, we'll move forward. But anyway, um, Daniel, I love you. I love. Uh, everything about it uh you're gonna be here for the next three weeks uh this is awesome and we will uh have a good old time like we always do thank you for the fan questions and i don't want to answer anymore because i'm ready to get out of here and daniel's got another podcast to do so daniel put your shit over buddy yeah man i you can also uh listen to me at uh, at ringside podcast you can we actually have the we have a video format now we've launched uh, in the past month so youtube.com slash at ringside podcast just go to ringsidepodcast.com we're on everywhere you can listen to podcasts the audio version wherever you listen to this podcast search for ringside and we're right there and uh it's hosted by um our uh good friends at ovw the voice of the valley eric cornish 
the lovely Linda Kay and my, my buddy Jeremy Wallman. We all kind of co-host that together. And somebody you all know well does our intro voiceover, the one and only AJ McKay. So you're going to get AJ McKay even when you turn on my show too as well. So why not check out Ringside Podcast? Now, AJ better not have made your opening better than fucking mine. I can tell you that right now. Uh, he did. He he does good, but I, I, I ain't going to lie to you. I like yours. The only thing that the music is done by Ricky, uh, Ricky, excuse me. The music is done by uh, Mikey Ruckus, who is the lead uh, producer of AEW music. So he did my theme music, but then um, AJ does my voiceover. So if you hear the music and go, that music sounds better. Well, that was done by a very, very, very well produced music guy. So not AJ. So you don't have to give AJ AJ shit for that. Just just give him shit on the voiceover if you want. Wait a minute. So you're saying yours? Is, you think yours is better? No, I was just saying if you think the music, if you listen to it and go, man, that music sounds better than mine. It's because of that reason. Not AJ did it. I don't think you're. I think I love your music. I was there when we first heard it for the first time. I love it. We were we were in that diner. The diner in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll never forget. You saw me. You saw me like a little kid at Christmas when I heard it. It was a little. He was listening, and then he he could not. You could not stop. We was we were doing rebellion that weekend in Gypsy, and you ran up to everybody. You I don't know. I don't think there was not a person (laughs) you you didn't let them hear that intro, and they were all like, "Dude, that's that's freaking badass!" Like they they were all blown away by how good it was too. So yeah, it's it's AJ does a great job. It's I'm just yeah. I kind of if I met AJ before I paid uh for my other music, then I would have had AJ do mine too as well. So um so I'm kind of jealous that uh you uh you got AJ to do yours, honestly, but it is what it is. Well, you, you you've done a good job and I have too as putting over uh AJ. Um so now we have to put over uh JD Hoop, uh yeah. who does all the graphics for our show. He is amazing. He's amazing. And he is out there doing his thing. He's got, he's putting out wrestlers tights that are on the biggest stages in the world in wrestling business. Who knows what he's doing outside the wrestling business, but uh, we really do appreciate him. He's awesome. And uh, oh, oh, by the way, uh, uh, Daniel, where, where can you find you on social media? You didn't put that over. Oh yeah. So I was thinking about the podcast. Yeah. At Daniel Spencer on um, Twitter, Instagram threads, uh, if you follow, if you have those that account too as well, and then um, I've been uh, using TikTok lately. So at real Daniel Spencer on the TikTok, so I'll just throw that out there too. And if you're a TikToker, oh Jesus Christ! Okay, right, what oh, you it's, not, oh, it's not Twitter anymore. It's X, right? I'm sorry, I said Twitter. It's X, right? It, it, I'll never call it X. And are what are you doing on TikTok? Are you 18? No, it, it's just uh, it's just I just doing goofy stuff, you know, lip sync contest, uh, oh, like that. With my, well, it's with my it's with my kids, so you know it's it's all good. But the other thing though is I have been I have started doing something that I'm gonna format. I'm gonna form over to TikTok. I I thought about doing like a behind the scenes kind of you know reffing. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna call it yet, um, but something you know, see the refs behind the scenes kind of thing. So the, maybe. The, the 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 three week ghost of Jimmy is fucking shimmering right now and fucking like. <laughs> I said I'm, I'm thinking about it. I haven't started, but that's where I would go and put it on TikTok. 
Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, all right. Well, I'm at Baby Hamner. RJ, where are you at? Tell us what's up next week and let's get the so, book out of here. So next week we'll be go. Actually, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to say we're at Reffing It Up on your social medias. That X thing, Mabobber, that Daniel's talking about, as well as the Instagram. Next week we'll be going over. Uh, the career of Paul Heyman. Uh, he'll be celebrating his 58th birthday that sounds, that on sounds the 11th. That sounds dangerously. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie dangerously. I saw, I saw what you it. did there. He got it. I see, uh, yeah, yeah. I see what you did there. I do anyways, dad jokes online, so you know. <laughs> you can do it on the TikTok. <laughs> I do it on the Twitter or the X. Oh, will you please <laughs> shut up with the TikTok? <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for Daniel Spencer, for Mr. Brian Handler. I'm RJ. We'll see you next week right here on Reffing It Up. One, two, three.